2: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number
1: number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time.
2: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's
3: Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
0: The following is a presentation of the Four Center Podcast feed.
3: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsock for another edition of the Big Show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. And the Best Buy Geek Squad of your Last Jedi DVD and VHS experience. Or something like that. Technology seems to have changed. We are going to dive into the bonus features of The Last Jedi. We're going to dive into the docs, the deleted scenes, the commentary tracks, all of it. Uh, because this was perhaps one of the best uh, the bonus featured uh, movies. Uh, I I've, I've I can recall, and definitely in Star Wars, more on that, though, and with me for that. I, I cannot do that with without them, well, because I, I didn't get to watch one of the things, and one of them did. It's Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa.
2: Happy to be here. Uh, I enjoyed your bringing time travel fully into Star Wars with the uh, <laughs> Geek Squad VHS yes. exclusive of yes. The Last Jedi. Do,
3: do people remember that? I hope our audience remembers that. If not, read. it's an opportunity to Google. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Of Of course, though, uh, we we do have some venerable old Star Wars fans listening. Yes, we do. We do. We do. Jennifer Joseph, how are you guys today?
2: Very good. good. Very good. I'm so excited to talk about all this stuff. There's so much stuff. I went through so much to watch it. Yeah. I learned a lot about technology. A lot. Yeah.
3: The oh, internet?
2: Yeah. yeah. I, oh. I learned a lot
3: about green screens. Not the kinds they use to make movies, but the kinds that happen when you fast forward your digital copy of something and it disappears. No. Oh, we'll talk more about that, Jennifer. Oh, I can't
1: wait to hear that. I'm, I've been dying to talk to you guys about this.
2: <laughs> yeah, there were adventures.
3: I am so going I full miss. Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino later on technology <laughs> here. Um, but uh, thanks for joining us, guys, for Four Center. And today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash center Over 180,000 titles to choose from. That's for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And we're going to have a recommend for you a little later in the show. That's because, uh, Joseph, we do want to start a little bit here before we dive into the news that Jennifer's uh, going to lead us through is uh, the uh, the uh, Last Jedi novelization. It's out there in a yeah. lot of different forms, and you and I had a great discussion on
2: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We read it. We read the hell out of it. I read it really fast, and we talked about it for I think an hour and twenty minutes, <laughs> and I still had more to say. Yeah, uh, and we were. Uh, it was a really nice compliment that the author of the book, uh, Jason Fry. Uh, listened to it And tweeted at us That he enjoyed The conversation yeah. And it's, yeah It's just kind of Fascinating to have Like oh the movie Came out And then we were in This sort of uh, Valley of appreciating Debating the movie And then Feels like the movie Came out again Between the novelization And all of these Bonus features And how they overlap And don't overlap uh, But if you're listening Going why aren't they Talking about the book It's because we did So uh, go in back If you want to hear uh, An hour and 20 minutes Of Ken and I Getting real excited About the last Jedi Novelization Yeah, and That's like, on our feed
3: Like you said uh, Even as I was driving Away from the studio that day I was like Oh But ah Oh there was that thing I forgot Oh but I wanted to mm." Yeah but now Arju doesn't Go up the stairs And oh yeah Oh
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the little
3: and When R two two was trying to get up there, yeah,
2: he was gonna like, I'm gonna go see Luke. And like, oh, look at all those stairs. And then, <laughs>
3: yeah, then his rockets don't yeah, work anymore. It into and can. Jennifer, you are gonna catch up. I know you've been real busy lately, and, and you finally got a copy of the novel, and you're gonna yes! take a look.
1: Thank you, Joseph. Yeah. I finally have a copy, and I'm so excited because there's been so much chatter online mm-hmm. from people that said from the moment, the first few pages, a lot happens. And yeah, they were overwhelmed with emotion. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm ready to dive in.
3: You're gonna love it. Can You're going to love it. Uh, What we also love is Star Wars news. There's always a lot of Star Wars news, thankfully. It keeps us afloat. It keeps us moving forward, and that also means there's a lot of things to look forward to. Jennifer, what do we have in Star Wars news?
1: Well, we haven't had the chance to discuss this piece of news together, I don't believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's talk about the John Favreau news. Favreau signed on to executive produce and write a live-action Star Wars series for the Disney streaming service. No word on what the series will be about or a release date. Uh, Favreau has obviously directed and produced Disney films and projects over the years, so it seemed like a natural fit. Uh, We can discuss the mixed reactions on Mm-hmm. in a moment but what were your initial thoughts on these uh piece of news
2: i'm excited for him as a creator and then the way the news is released just keeps being a distraction from talking about the actual artistic uh excitement and mm-hmm. i'm excited for him uh artistically mainly what i got excited about is wow he's done so many different things uh, he's uh of the right age to have grown up with star wars mm-hmm. that has this different level of appreciation to it uh but more than anything that his comedy chops
0: you know, yeah, like when yeah. I think about yes. like
2: Iron Man of like oh. how great it is that he was able to really start the MCU model mm-hmm. that works so well of like these characters live in a in a hyper realistic world, mm-hmm. but their motivations and their perspectives and their feelings are super real. And there's a lot of comedy that comes organically from the character. Yeah. So it makes me excited to think, well, if he does something that's kind of like darker, if it is something like, oh, it's Mandalorians, <laughs> it's not going to be really serious Mandalorians. So like, yeah. It will be real. We will care about those characters, but there'll still be moments of humanity and levity because that's what he does.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: absolutely. I- I'm right with you on the excitement for it. Uh, I did blab on it already in Spotlight Star Wars, but I love uh, I love still talking about it. I was talking about it off air for a couple of people over the week. I, I-, I love... What's going on? I love that Favreau is writing and executive producing. We're going to talk about what that means to open up the the roster of talent behind the the creation of this show. And he is a a fan. And you have said you were probably the first. I give you credit for Joseph. It said everything from Revenge of the Sith on is a fan film. Yeah. And there's no other way to look at that but you know there's good ways and bad ways to do it. and i think so far we've been really lucky that everything's been done generally well yeah uh, even with uh, some of the problems with the rogue ones and the reshoots and all stuff all that stuff you know the, the, you need these people to love and understand it and I think, like, I, I love and understand it. I couldn't write you a Star Wars story to save your life. I have <laughs> awe of everyone. Doing it. And I think Favreau yeah. really understands it, loves it, and, and, and is connected to The Mandalorians, which is why I keep going to that. I wonder if that's going to be it. Um, but uh, I'm I'm excited about Favreau and the news, Jennifer.
1: I was, too. Uh, I uh, my One of my favorite films is Swingers. It made such mm-hmm. a big impact on my life. Oh, I was yeah? really into swing you dancing. it totally
3: remind me of Vince Vaughn. (laughs)
1: money baby Um, so yeah I was was excited but then it's like all this stuff around it the Mm -hmm. day that they released it was International Women's Day it was a little awkward and then you know I, I understood the fit but at the same time I was like hmm I don't know, maybe the timing could have been a little bit better. I think that they wanted to release it because the news because of Bob Iger, I believe, was speaking yeah. with his shareholders. So obviously like the business side of it, I yeah. get it. But I also understand why people were very Frustrated um, mm-hmm. by the idea that, oh, here's another, you know, white mm-hmm. guy. Well, yes, but he does have a lot to offer, so that's exciting. I think another thing that was like, ooh, uh, was Kathleen Kennedy said, you know, this series will allow John the chance to work with a diverse group of writers and directors and give Lucasfilm the opp- opportunity to build a robust talent base. So I think she even kind of recognizes it there, like, yeah. hey, okay, we know how this, the optics of this looks, but yeah. he's going to open it up to more yeah. diversity.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. We hope Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I do I I made the joking term of Igercon uh, (laughs) And and, uh, one of our listeners, Connie, she tweeted at me He's like, Igercon? And like, uh, well, I'm going to go take a look And I, yeah, and then as soon as I Googled I saw that, yep, there was an investors meeting So I do think this is starting to confirm Igercon is <laughs> it's the driving force. <laughs> it is yeah. the driving force. News isn't coming out in a way that is best for fans right. or even really general marketing. It's coming out when it's best for Bob to tell the other people who have a lot of money, yeah. don't worry. Here's a person who's made a lot of money before who is going to continue to make money for Star Wars. And I understand Star Wars yeah. is all about making money, but I think it is really getting to the point where things like, Yes, this is an ongoing concern. Could they just hold back until they announce that they've got a, a woman or person of color? And then it wouldn't be a big deal. Well, that was the thing. Then we'd be excited about it. If it wasn't yes. on International Women's Day, it wouldn't be a distraction from the fact that I think most people seem pretty happy about John Favreau. Oh
4: yeah. So it's yeah. just
2: frustrating that it that it has to be Igercon. Well, yeah, and, and
3: look, it, this it, it continues to be part of the story. This is a news story. Favreau gets hired and we are here to talk about all aspects of that news story and that is part of it. You cannot deny it. if unless you were just get your head in the sand, there's some people tweeting out I'm, on a, on every side of every issue people tweet out and sometimes it's really rational, and sometimes it's, it's it's not, but most of, this is an ongoing concern. So this like you said jennifer the optics i i think disney i don't know disney i think lucasfilm's aware i think disney yes. is that big corporate that's not going to wake up and look look and say what's what's the hashtag today and i don't mean that <laughs> right. i don't mean that to be dismissive just like they're Iger's gonna be like the what now and he's gonna but they, it, it continues to be part of the story Think they're aware. We'll see what happens. We have to trust them. It's hard to trust a corporation. Yeah. George Lucas taught us that. Um, (laughs) Many times over. So, yes, it it continues to be part of the story. I'm I'm happy with it. I I took Kathleen's statement as we are aware and stand by to stand by. Things are coming, but. Fortunately, Uncle Bob is saying something, and, and they ran with it, mm, and that's that's right. why it continues to be part of the story. I'm just going to repeat that over and over. Part of the story, part of the story. <laughs> right,
1: right, yes. And we hope that you know things will change, and and the story will change, and then it won't become a thing anymore.
2: Or at least you know? they could open Igercon up to like lots of people showing up, and it could be an actual three day convention I think, I think, where, think, where yeah. just Bob Iger tells us stuff for three days, and fans can be there too. I love it. And it's it. an event.
1: Yes, tell give us everything. Tell us all. Tell us everything.
2: Look, I, I've been fortunate enough to be in the same
3: radius of Iger and he looks like the guy you want to hang out with at the party <laughs> he's got his coat with no tie a whiskey in his hand and a smile on his face right? really perfect he didn't seem like he is standoffish or anything so oh, cool. Igercon yeah. here we go. <laughs>
2: I'm ready with my no tie and my whiskey to go to Igercon <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh.
1: Fun. Well, uh, we have gotten some other news Uh, on the Han Solo front. We got some new character posters. The images were posted to the Star Wars Brazil Facebook page, and they are vibrant with color and have a really cool retro feel to them. Uh, These new posters seem to have quietly replaced. Previous posters; <laughs> those were the ones that we all loved. They had the outlines of the characters' names and the characters mm. inside the the name. Um, the old posters have recently, unfortunately, come under fire by a French artist who claims that the designs were plagiarized from his work. The artist actually posted side by side comparisons of his album covers that he did for Sony Music's Legacy compilations and the Han Solo posters. Uh, and I hate to say it, but they do look practically identical in both the design. <laughs> And the colors used. Yeah. Disney has responded and said that the posters were created by an outside vendor, and it's something that they're currently looking into. Have you guys seen the new posters?
2: Yeah. What do you think? I think that it is, I I like them just fine. I like the other ones better, because I like that they have the literal, like, uh, sort of browning and crinkling of old paper. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they're just, like, more inventive and shocking, which is why I imagine whatever agency did some liberal <laughs> repurposing yes. uh, the, the, Hey, they've released new posters. I saw the headline and I clicked on it. These are nowhere, but on a Facebook page in one yeah. country in Brazil, right? With, yeah. Right? Yes. So have they been released? Technically, I
1: mean, it's funny how, like, I started seeing it on Twitter and on websites and blogs and whatnot. They're like, these new posters. And you're right. It's only on a Brazilian Yeah, they're Facebook not
2: up page. on Target. They're not no. like, look at, you know, Andy Gutierrez and Anthony Carboni aren't like, hey, <laughs> look, Star Wars show with new right. posters. They're on a Facebook page in Brazil. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, so is that by yeah.
1: design or is it just like, we'll just quietly, quietly. release yeah. And then eventually you guys will like them. So here they are. Yeah,
2: it Never. seems to me like maybe that they are the new poster, and they yeah. leaked onto this one. That they got released early this one place. I and that They should. This should be a, a once again a better rollout. Of- I see.
3: Yeah, I find it interesting that they sent these out to an outside vendor. Right. Now, a lot of big companies do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it's it's cost effective. Oh, don't you love those words, cost effective? <laughs> corporations, trust them, trust them. Um, I, I do like the posters, but yeah, I. I it it's disappointing because those other posters were great, really and now cool. I see why. Yeah, and you know, we we're, we all have worked in comedy, and you know, stand up has a lot of theft. Yes. and there's a lot of hey, just two minds thinking alike, and then there's like oh that beat that beat, and I know you've done a lot of sketch and improv, Jennifer. You see on Saturday night Live sometimes like hey same concept. Oh no, that is a <laughs> Tina Turner sketch that you definitely took from <laughs> from uh. the Groundle Sunday Company. That like you can't deny it. I was there the night at the Sunday Company. When that debuted in the next week, SNL stolen. It. It's no. like beat for beat. Yeah. Oh. This is the same thing. And this, this poster
2: was like, what are you thinking? Yeah. yeah. This isn't inspired by you were that's a good idea. I'm gonna take it. Thinking that artist who made them for a company wouldn't have <laughs> said, Hey, look at that. You know what the other thing I thought was funny about these Brazilian uh mm-hmm. Facebook posters? What? Is they've got the text of like Alton Ehrenreich is Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have that for all the characters and then Chewie just says Chewie. Chewy.
4: Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> you know you love
2: him? Jonas him. What are you? Yonas <laughs> Suetamo? Yeah. That's what the but it just, it's just Chewy. like it's like yeah, oh, no, it's the metal all over again. That's no so respect for funny. just like <laughs> And Chewie's there too. <laughs> and the rest. Yes.
3: We're oh on Solo yeah. Island.
1: So, are those posters going to be worth more now? Because are they going to. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I would, love to. I would love
3: to have. Yeah, yeah I wanted those a collection. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be mm-hmm. Great.
1: I want one. Oh, this is exciting news. The animated series Forces of Destiny mm-hmm. has returned. Oh, no, actually is returning to television. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of March 19th, you can actually watch the eight new episodes on the Disney YouTube channel or Disney.com. There will also be a television special featuring all eight episodes on Monday, March 25th at 9.50 on the Disney Channel. And these new episodes, they feature uh, an episode with the Porgs, Mm -hmm. Luke training with Yoda, Finn and Rose on their way to Canto Bight, Ahsoka working with secret couple Anakin (laughs) and Padme, and Maz Kanata helping Leia, Chewie, and R2 with a clever plan to free Han from Jabba the Hutt. Did you guys watch
4: them? Oh yes. I oh, oh, yeah. watched
2: them all. I watched some, some of them breakfast twice. Today, yeah. Oh
4: you did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you
2: think? Amazing, amazing. I would like to find time to do like a longer discussion because right. you know we're we're just kind of hitting them mm-hmm. quickly here yeah. in the news. Yeah. But there's a lot in there. The uh the, this is spoiler territory for people who haven't watched yeah. them, but uh the canon drop that just sure, Ahsoka knows. Yeah like giving that respect yeah. to the character that Ahsoka knows there's something going on yes. between Anakin and Padme. That was really really cool. Yeah. Obviously, Mark Hamill back is Luke Skywalker. Oh, that was a win. Uh, yeah, really in really connecting him to, to Kanan's sort of journey by talking about how much you know you really don't need to see with your eyes, mm. all sorts of stuff. And the the bush bouch bush as I always call that Donnie hunter, since <laughs> yes. nobody agrees how to say that. And they name. still didn't say it. That. Yeah, that was I know, great. Right? Yeah, the porks. Yeah, so many great
3: things in it. Just so many. This uh, this new batch is. Is It's it's another victory. It's a big win. I keep using that sports term. I just, I'm watching too much baseball this day. I apologize. Um, no, it, it is, it is uh, more proof to me that why Forces of Destiny is a valuable part of what's going on. It's easy to overlook it because it's generally YouTube-based With some aside from the specials. it is It is both fun and light, and I don't take it too seriously.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: But
3: it also answers little questions and has fun answering those questions. Yeah. And you could study these if you're a big Canon junkie and start putting stuff together. And and you can choose to do both or just you know have yeah. fun with them.
4: Mm-hmm. If
3: you're not if you don't like how Leia got in her Ewok dress as answered on the show, that's fine. You're still gonna have Return of the Jedi. Right. <laughs> Watch it on VHS. So I love this batch. I love the Bausch uh, moment connecting it to Maz. I'm fine with that. That's and then, great. Mm-hmm. And uh, hearing Mark Hamill do his a younger try to do a younger version of voice and do it very well yeah um, but it was still fun to know that it's uh bearded uh uncle mark in the booth doing, <laughs> this,
2: doing impatient luke uh,
3: yeah. big win yeah. and and i will i will shout out uh someone i was a fan first and lucky now to call a, a friend jennifer murrow who, who wrote these eight episodes uh, she, she puts a lot into them and she's such a big star wars fan and and the porgs man oh. i love more porgs give me some porgs
2: yeah running around with that lightsaber that's you know jennifer oh i was gosh. watching these i couldn't stop thinking about you because these this collection of 8 episodes is just So many uh, Adorable characters I love that little Chadra fan Oh
1: my god! And there's just so many Just
2: great shots They're just like (laughs) Jennifer's heart is gonna explode Watching all eight of these In a row
1: It did And my daughters (laughs) did too I I actually had to film it Because I'm like I wanna see what her reaction Is gonna be When she saw the porgs I didn't even I just had the thumbnail up And she's like Oh (laughs) <laughs> and immediately she yeah. wanted to watch that and she loved it. She thinks it's hilarious, yeah. you know, and that's what's so great about Jennifer Murrow as a writer is that she knows how to hit those those moments mm-hmm. where it appeals to my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and it gets me right in the heart too. Yeah. It's like that is yeah. amazing.
3: Well, that's what I want. That's what these do and continue to do and I hope to do is, is – You have to be protective of the next generation of Star Wars fans coming up. Otherwise, this goes away. Yes. So your daughter or some of my friend's kids, seven, eight, nine, this, this should, they should have things that speak to them. And then along the way, we can have some fun as fans too. And I, I I just, it bums me out because sometimes I hear people digging too hard into these, uh, you know, the BB, eight. how much does BB eight weigh? Like. have you had fun in your life? Yeah. <laughs> Have you had fun in your life?
2: These <laughs> work for me as a, a sometimes grumpy middle aged man because they're yeah. always those great details. You know, I lo- really loved just I wanted to p- pick one line to shout out Jennifer yeah. Morrow's great writing from like a canon perspective. Yeah. Of, I love that it's the moment that Maz and Leia meet, mm-hmm. not just a random yes. encounter. That's their first meeting. And I love in particular when mom's like, now what happened to Han? <laughs> Frozen and carbonized. Like, just that delivery, that intent yeah. tells you so much about the story of like, that's a weird thing to have happen to people. And this is yet another absurd adventure of Han's. <laughs> yeah. Just, she's always, the writing of these are always perfectly in the perspective of the galaxy, if you want to be really detailed yeah, about yeah. the canon and how everything connects.
1: Mm, yeah. yeah, so Love upset. it. Oh, my
2: gosh. Check him out.
1: Check him out. Okay, well, speaking of Mark Hamill, he finally received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, the legendary actor was honored in front of the Los Angeles El Capitan Theater, and other Star Wars personalities were in attendance, like Harrison Ford, Billy Lord, uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter, Kelly Marie Tran, R2-D2, and... George Lucas. George's speech. Oh my gosh, you guys. It was a little awkward, but that's why we love him. But it was also really sweet and touching. Um he said, quote, Mark Hamill is a character. Uh maybe did he really say Mark Hamill is a character. Oh yeah, Mark Hamill is a character that can't be written. He is extremely enthusiastic and about everything that he does, and that's exactly what I was looking for when I was looking for Luke Skywalker. Harrison Ford also gave a touching speech, and he said that he wished the other member of their trio was there to celebrate with them. And when it came time for Mark Hamill to speak, he kept it brief, and he said, I haven't been this speechless since The Force Awakens,
2: which (laughs) everyone loved.
1: Oh, it was so good. It was about time. I can't believe that it took him this long to get a star. Yeah, yeah. Come
2: on. I mean, uh, it, it... you know, it costs money. It yeah. costs in, money, and companies big thing. companies yeah. do uh, mm-hmm. push for it. It not does not take away anything from the honor.
1: No, no, yeah. I, I know, but
2: yeah. I you know, it's significant that his star is, is in right in front of the El Capitan, which is owned by Disney. Huge, yeah. yeah. And I think it is really, really great that Disney clearly is making the choice to give a push to celebrate Mark Hamill. Yes, mm-hmm. and that Disney clearly. Help make this happen. What with the star being in front of El Capitan? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I watched the live stream. Did you watch the live stream?
1: I watched the. It was. I, I maybe mean, was a recorded live stream. Yeah.
2: No, I, I watched it live because oh. I, I live fairly close, so I could also like hear the helicopter. So it's this very <laughs> weird experience. Oh, that is weird. Uh, and I, yeah, I was like, should I walk down there? Like, no, nah, it's <laughs> going to be so many thousands of people. I'll see it clearly on the live stream. And yeah, it was uh, the the interaction. My favorite interaction between awkward George mm-hmm. Lucas. Love him to death.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, there was the moment where he said to Mark Hamill, he's like, no, when we're getting to the age, where we're pretty much done with this. <laughs> <And> Mark, <laughs> Mark, Mark Hamill maybe furrowed his brow just a little bit, and then George Lucas was like, well, I mean, you, you to can do a bunch more stuff. And then Mark Hamill was like, you can too, George. And then as he was walking away from the podium, he's like, nah, I'm done. just <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's oh so great. And then if you watch the live stream, you know, it continued For the whole photo shoot around the star,
4: Mm -hmm. all
2: of the different permutations of here's Mark Hamill alone, here he is with his family, here he is with uh, George and Harrison, and Mark Hamill is such a a great performer, Mm -hmm. and everybody is screaming at them to look this way, look that way, and George Lucas just wouldn't. (laughs) <laughs> you don't tell George Lucas where to look I It was really it. Really, no. really delightful It was really like behind the scenes Like oh, so not great. polished that's glamour great. Of Hollywood you know yeah. and then you right. look at it later and you just see a tweet And like stars we're in attendance And everybody's celebrating like yeah that's <laughs> That's true <laughs> that's but true. also George Lucas didn't Listen to photographers yeah. for fifteen <laughs> minutes straight, and it was pretty damn entertaining.
4: <laughs> I love yeah. it. Oh Fun. My gosh.
3: Well, well, uh, long overdue, like you said, but there is a process to it, like Joseph said. But, but happy. I, I think I love seeing, you know, Mark Hamill who, who carried that flame for so long as a yeah. Star Wars fan wasn't wasn't afraid to say I I was Luke Skywalker, where others had complicated relationships with it or. Confusing, including, like you say, saying, George. And so it's good to see. The, the, that's one of the best things about the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's getting due. Yeah, yeah here, absolutely. Here.
1: Well, over on the subject of... I'm Uncle George, so I'm going to call him. George Lucas and his wife, Melody Hobson, broke ground on a new museum in Los Angeles called the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art. The couple contributed a billion dollars to build the futuristic-looking building that is located near USC, where obviously Lucas studied film. The museum will house uh, much of the couple's art collection of around 10,000 pieces, including paintings by Norman Rockwell, Renoir as well as film storyboards, comic art, and maybe even some Star Wars exhibits too, you know. Uh, Mm. George wants his museum to tell the story of society and the mythology of society, Uh, but a billion dollars is a lot of money to donate towards telling stories. Um, But Melody Hobson believes, quote, the return on investment was not about profit for us. The return on investment was for society. The Mm. money that we have, it is for others. It is not for us to have more. They are amazing. Yeah, I just cannot wait. Uh, Three years. We have three years. Mm, Yeah, I think we should go camp out now.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: get in line. Yeah, yes, and Star Wars uh, Galaxy set. Check. (laughs) Oh my
1: gosh! Right. Yeah, we'll we'll take turns.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited, and I've been excited for a long time. I, you know, I'm. It's a bummer that they went through the battles that they did to try to <laughs> get it made in San Francisco and Chicago, but I'm really happy that it ended up in Los Angeles, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. where <laughs> that's where we live. So yeah. I, we can hop on a train and go down there. Yeah, um, and yeah, and I feel like it's been this fascinating battle, and even in this interview, George Lucas had to reiterate again. People think because it's me, that means it's a Star Wars museum. museum. And (laughs) yes, yes, there will be some Star Wars. But as I keep telling you, I really like stories and myths and stuff. (laughs) And this is about how do you tell a story and how does every generation tell their own story? And how do you tell a story in one picture? Like, that's all fascinating stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see uh, George
3: uh, continues to be one of the more fascinating characters. And and it's mind blowing. Look, hey. Uh, it's, e- it's not easy to give away money when you have money, but it is a little easier, but you should also, if you don't have a lot of money, uh, you help someone out every now and then. All right. George is teaching us lessons, but he continues to do this and, and, and Melody obviously is his wife. Now they continue to do this, but look what he did with the sale of, of Lucasfilm 4.001 billion. And basically didn't take a cent of that. Mm-hmm. and uh i i love hearing these stories from george cuz it yeah. just makes me appreciate him more right. including his crankiness including at the groundbreaking of this all he did was put a blue jacket over his flannel I <laughs> and you know I, I i he's a fascinating character but he puts his money where the, his mouth is on on a lot of these things and and uh i i think we're 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 thank it, It's a good thing. We should be thankful that we have George still yeah. around. Yeah. Thrill.
1: Yeah. So that's it, guys. That's the news for this week.
3: That is the news. That is the news. Always a lot of Star Wars news. Thanks, Jennifer, for leading us through that, as always. And, hey, you guys out there, the listeners of the Four Center podcast... Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service, and we have a recommendation like we mentioned, Joseph. It is The Last Jedi Novelization.
2: That is right. If you, uh, for some reason, don't want to buy the Blu-ray, if you hate digital downloads and you still want to hear that story, The Last Jedi Novelization is really great. There's some stuff that is uh, included in the deleted scenes, but there's some stuff in that Last Jedi Novelization you are not going to get anywhere else. It's fast-paced. It's great. It's insightful. And I think it would be a thrill to listen to.
3: Absolutely. So download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash 4Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash 4Center for your free audiobook. And it directly helps the 4Center podcast feed. Joseph, you mentioned it. You mentioned it. The Blu-ray and the <laughs> digital copy. The Blu-ray of the Last Jedi is not out yet, but the digital downloads are downloading like crazy around the world. <laughs> and we three did that as well. We are going to dive into the Last Jedi on home video. Uh, it's playing on my TV in the background. All right, we finally turned it off because we couldn't record the show. I the got movie was on. <laughs> I'd be looking around, going "porg, porg," but there's a lot to take in. Deleted scenes. The director and the Jedi documentary, which I think is one of the best documentaries about a film and the yeah. filmmaking process in a long time. Bonus features, audio commentaries, a lot of stuff. So Joseph and Jennifer, we're going to dive in first. But let's start with the actual viewing <laughs> and yeah. obtaining this, uh, a copy of this. We all went digital this time around. And well, I don't want to speak for you two, but I am an old, grumpy, hard copy media person. This was an adventure.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I will be buying the hard copy. I wanted the hard copy, yep. but this was good to be pushed out of my comfort zone. <laughs> and I had some adventures as well. So Ken, what you gave me the tip about yeah. the Amazon Prime where the movie is the first part you just download it and it says bonus features. And yeah. I would expect like, oh, there's going to be a drop down menu. Yeah. Nope. Not so much, not so much. So, you know, I don't, yeah.
3: Where, where did you download it on, Jennifer? <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, it sounds so complicated. I did it through iTunes? Was that not the right thing to do? I don't know. No. I don't
3: think there is a right way. Yeah, I don't think either. there is okay. a right way. It was
1: super so, easy. So, but, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm see, sorry. See, I've <laughs> gone like, down
3: the wrong path.
1: Oh but boy. so you
2: had menus to choose from.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, they, popped up, they pop up right away.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Amazon Prime so is, it. you've downloaded a five hour and I believe 21 minutes yes. video and oh you have gosh. to fast forward through the film <gasps> yeah. to no. get to that. And yeah. then to access any of the, uh, the director's commentary mm-hmm. and the director's commentary on the deleted scenes, you have to do what I did, which mm-hmm. was sign up for a movies anywhere account, oh, yes. which has now recently been separated from a different Disney movies anywhere account that they yes. sent me 800 <laughs> <effing> <laughs> emails about, uh, and then connect that to Amazon Prime, and then yep. it unlocks everything, but in the backwards oh order. Gosh. So, if you try, so then you have to like scroll through all the deleted scenes audio commentary <laughs> to finally find and locate the director's commentary. See, yeah. um, yes. wow. See, you, you know, a little pre
3: production email went out, and we were like, hey, this is going to be our topic for the episode. And I was, I was like, oh, I get a hard copy, but in Joseph, you were like, look, I'm with you. But we've got to adjust to the new world yeah uh let's uh let's get this digital i was like i was like joseph's right joseph's right all right i get too stubborn i get too stuck in my way so i i sat down i was like well i have amazon prime i'm on my ps4 i'll just do that and and I'm, i i sat there 20 <laughs> minutes 20 minutes try, i was like this can't be right this can't be right and i went online a YouTube, how to find oh, documentary oh, oh. on things. Wiki, how
2: watch <laughs> <Yeah>. documentary. <laughs> yeah. Surpre-
3: I didn't come across movies anywhere that would have helped. Yeah. Oh uh, despite the 14 emails to sign up. So anyways, yes, I had a fast forward. Now, I started watching the movie started autoplaying and I was like immediately, so I'm, this is how I know I like The Last Jedi, I actually love The Last Jedi, is I ended up watching the first 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> while my food was cooking. I was like, ah. It's like, no, I gotta, gotta. So then I, I it's just weird, I know, but even though I've seen the movie six times in the theater, there's things I didn't want to see again until yeah. I was properly sitting down. So I had to fast forward with my eyes closed or covering <laughs> the screen with my hand, get to the deleted scenes, watch them. And I'm like, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. So I do have uh, the ability to watch it in my bedroom TV as well. Same thing. It went back to the beginning. Oh no. I had to fast forward it. <laughs> oh, no. I got to the point of the documentary where it started. I pressed the wrong button. It reset it. I had to fast-forward again. Then I fast-forwarded so much that much like a VHS, my screen just went green. (gasps) And all I heard was audio. And I had to reboot, unplug my Apple TV, all this stuff.
2: Ken warned me about all this. (sighs) Wow. So before I sat down to watch the documentary with my wife, Sarah... I practiced on a different video, fast-forwarding on Amazon Prime, so no. I knew the exact right button, so I didn't screw it up because like, sat down with a nice meal to watch this documentary, and I didn't want to be like, oh, I hit the wrong button, and it took us back to the Lucasfilm logo. Look, yeah. man, there was two points in my life where I have cried over
3: technology. One, I accidentally uh, deleted 19 seasons of John Madden football franchise mode in 2004. Aww. In my nineteen seasons, which was about three months worth of play at oh playtime, I literally sat at the end of my little IKEA chair and cried because I was so frustrated. Yeah. I almost threw my Apple TV out my window and cried <laughs> tears of frustration. Oh, but no. it, it all, all worked out, oh, right? Boy. And now I know better. And the hard copy is not too far behind. Nope. But we have seen all the stuff. I didn't get to the commentaries because I didn't sign up for this uh, FBI, CIA-approved backdoor <laughs> method of going to it here. But we have all uh, uh, taken a dive into this stuff. So let's talk about it here. And, and the director in the Jedi documentary is, is the meat of this stew here. But let's talk about some of the seasoning and start with these deleted scenes Just Joseph Jennifer. A lot to choose. I mean, yeah. a lot of deleted lot. scenes were there, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot of them were short, uh, but a lot of them were definitely uh, pretty meaty. And I think the the thing that I'm most interested to hear about from from you guys is mm-hmm. which ones, did you have any pull that that should have been in the movie? Because for me, uh, there was one that I felt that way a little bit about, but in general, I feel like a deleted scene is almost always the right choice because it's better for the whole, as Ryan Johnson says. Yeah. Well, that's basically his audio commentary for every one of the deleted scenes. I'm we, like... It didn't work as well in the whole. Mm-hmm. We, we should like Rochambeau to answer at the same time, yeah. or, or Wonka,
3: Wonka, Wonka, whatever that game is they, they they Rose and Finn play in oh, the novel. Yeah. <laughs> <If you> got, <laughs> you, no, I've have got, that. They introduce a game in the canon that's very basically like a Rochambeau type of yeah. game. Oh, funny. Um, yeah, yeah, Ken, what what, what did you the, the one, pull there, yourself towards? There was one deleted scene that was like that could have been in there, and that is Luke has a moment. Okay, is that different than your answer?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I might, might yeah. be controversial. Oh I think the no. Luke has a moment was really powerful to see that uh, yeah. To see him actually mourning Han and to see that tear yeah. roll down his cheek was oh, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, mine was the uh, extended father year chase.
4: Oh, really? Which I think no. is controversial.
2: Oh, that's I, uh, controversial. It's, it's
3: controversial to me. To all right. me too. Yeah. I yeah. got yes. up. I got up and started making tea during. That
4: day. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: I started checking my phone. I'm uh, like, oh, it's on Twitter. right.
2: As, let's yeah. start there. Let's okay. go. Controversy creates cash, Joseph. All right. <laughs> Tell us why. <laughs> yes. We'll watch the money fly as I say things that most people will disagree with. In the movie, which I love The Last Jedi, The Father Your yeah. Chase is my least favorite because it just feels a little flavorless compared to the rest of the movie. It just right. feels a little like they're running through things. I like the big picture idea that they're fulfilling Rose's line of smashing a hole through the city, mm-hmm. that it's the attack on the one-percenters. That's great. I love it. But the chase itself, for an action mm-hmm. scene, just didn't have any character. And when I watched this, it did because it had literal character moments. It became a story in a, of itself. In particular, here are the things I like. Okay, So they smash through a little bit of it, and then Rose and Finn have this dialogue of like, well, where are we going next? And then we get the close-up of the father looking pissed yeah. Yeah. and deciding that the father actively wants to. Mm. <laughs> so that's suddenly a character moment where that's yeah. not just a, a, an animal going berserk. That's an animal making a choice, mm. which suddenly you invest in it. Uh, there's just kind of that great moment where the, mm. they go down an alley and it, it tucks its ears, and that's like a little bit more of a flavorful moment. I'm still yeah. mad that we lost that massage parlor. Oh, yeah, now that, that yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah, yes. cuz that was a foundation of that whole Canto Bite book, which I've said a lot, and that weird little pink guy, uh Kedpin Shoklop, is a, one of the stars of the Canto Bite book yeah. and he was played uh, by Warwick Davis. Right now. So it's like it, it, it just it offered a lot more that massage scene alone offered. So much flavor of Canto Bite, yes. yes. And then the shot of they're going under the waterfall and mm-hmm. one of the fathers actually gets shot. That, that ad- was surprising. That adds power to when Rose releases it. Yeah. So right. I understand that by itself, it's too long. But I wish that they'd been okay. able to work a couple of those flavor moments. I would have taken just the massage parlor. i mm. definitely take just the moment where the, you see the father make the decision. Because mm. then you're hooked into it emotionally in a way that you aren't in the cut that's in the film. All right. Your Honor, Joseph has stated his case, uh, <laughs> and
3: as always, you you bring a, a insight and perspective to these things. Where I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I think Jennifer maybe if he if if some cherry picked moments yeah would have would have worked for me. Other other than that, I felt it was a, it was just long, 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 long. But I I do think you're right because some of the better moments with the father year kind of playing with Rose, like licking her face. Yeah. Mm. Um, I do like some of their dialogue uh, in that moment that suck it in little tiny things yeah. like that. And, and the, I thought it was interesting that she really couldn't control the father. So I understand that J- Jennifer, where are you coming down on this now? Final, final decision.
1: Yeah, no, I, I see your point. And I think those, those little moments, I loved the massage parlor thing and I loved yeah. the, yeah, the, fa- the father, the father's intensity was definitely, I felt like you're talking about the character had, uh, uh, had made up his mind. Yeah, mm. was missing. But to me, it just extended on and on and on to where it almost became like we're showing you what we can do with this chase scene, and mm-hmm. it just felt like uh, the the pacing, as Ryan Johnson kept talking about throughout yeah. this uh, commentary. The pacing just wasn't there. It was too much. Which, which again, uh,
3: overall, I'm with you, Joseph, and I've said this before in other places, and and, and here in Force Center, deleted scenes are often deleted for yeah. reasons. So mm-hmm. I, I real nothing in here made me change my mind on that overall yeah. life stance um but it's always little moments little moments and and it's you mentioned the father you di- what we assume is dying gets shot off the the cliff there yeah yeah i i mean that uh, that that it i was like oh i wonder if, if that had been in the movie would have added raise the stakes which is yeah. always good but it it, it maybe kind of like oh my i can't I don't. It's Turner and Hooch. Don't kill. Don't kill the dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. I was. I was kind of glad there wasn't in there, but I, I definitely agree it raises stakes.
2: Yeah, interesting. Right. interesting. Okay,
3: so that that's his choice, Jennifer. What yeah. was your favorite of these scenes? Well, or favorite moments?
1: It's obvious. The caretaker village sequence. (laughs) It was amazing. was amazing. How could they have cut that? And I understand, again, pacing, pacing, pacing. pacing. But it offers a great moment between Luke and Ray and why she's like, come on, Luke, you know, and and he teaches her this lesson, which is not supposed to be a lesson. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, supposed to uh, show their relationship a little bit more. But then we get that great scene of the caretakers partying and dancing <laughs> and yeah. playing horns. And then she <laughs> like, okay. Ray like, twirls her lightsaber, That's like, funny. party yeah, it so. up, you know?
2: Yeah, the the fact that they just, the, that little noise that they make of like, please, <laughs> please shake your glow stick. Yes. You're at a party. Why wouldn't you shake your glow stick? Yeah. <laughs> and then she yeah. does, and
1: they're like, hooray, she's in on partying with us.
2: Yeah, I, I
3: really like the caretaker sequence. I got it's such a big chunk i got why he's got to cut that out and i it, sometimes that it, the lesson was was it, it didn't bring anything new to what he'd already taught her just maybe fine was a fine tune i thought it was right. more if i was sad that it was gone other than some of the comedy though though it was oddly uneven a little bit but but i but i like that as even as i say that i like that luke and ray have that moment where he's like where are you from nowhere no one's from nowhere jakku well, that's nowhere, and then serious question. Yeah, uh-huh. that's life, right? You should be able to do that. This one, at times, it was like slapsticky, over the top. That's fine though; I can live with that. I thought it was more. I'm I sad it was gone because of the lesson Luke kind of has. Like it seemed mm-hmm. like it was the first time they were going to play it as he was like, you know, maybe this kid's right here, you know. And I thought there was a, that. That's some of the stuff that I missed in yeah. that scene. Our mm-hmm. real
2: friends are really dying. Is a powerful that line that right. That's it, right? Yes. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's no
3: longer because. And I, and I didn't like the Legolas run that she she did. They, they probably maybe maybe they fixed that. If was, I know it was kind of a force, seemed like a force run.
4: Yeah,
3: uh, that's uh, an issue I just have with something like the Hobbit movies and stuff like that. But I loved I loved his moment of like, you ran so fast. Like, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> right, so that's your moment. That's that. my moment. Yeah, mine was Luke has a moment. Like you said, I I got it. I watched the movie uh, uh, again last night and I saw where they would have kind of put it, and it maybe was a little off, and then it also. If you're telling this story and you want Luke to be this grumpy guy that's not going to help, that was a moment that made you think deep down he is or might or was affected too much. Right. Uh, meaning on screen, I kind of like that. You're like, well, why is he not upset about Han? And like, well, he was. But, you know, when you're trying to surprise people with this story, I think yeah. it, it gave yeah. a little bit too much.
2: And what mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson said in the deleted, mm-hmm. in the commentary of the deleted scenes, mm-hmm. is that a lot of those moments were, these shorter ones were lost because they reordered. The scenes, yeah. right. so they were, it meant his transitions. So, like, that shot yeah. of Luke was paired with a shot Le- yeah. of Leia. Mm-hmm. So, that yeah. makes some sense. I, 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 should,
3: uh, I should sign up for movies anywhere in your house, <laughs> and I'll, I'll finally get these comments Come out. on over, come on uh, over. Any other highlights that we can maybe go on? There, there was a lot of stuff uh, to, mm-hmm. in there. Um,
2: I feel like we should talk about the uh, Phasma squealed like a whoop hog. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. That one, you know, was released early, and a lot of people, I think, have pretty strong opinions about that because of the uh, Phasma not being as much of a badass in in the movie as she is in the book and all those kind of questions. And and maybe definitively dying in this version, maybe, though I mean yeah. maybe we don't know what
3: happens. That that, that losing a
2: hand, so we got that right. uh,
3: canonical kind of thing back. Jennifer, where do you come down on this one?
1: I, I liked it, but I, I, didn't think I, I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to like it. When I read the little excerpt from, I think it was Entertainment Weekly, describing the scene, yep. I expected a lot more than what actually was shown on screen. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, I know why I can see why they, why they cut it. To me, mm-hmm. it didn't add that much more. Yeah, for me.
2: Yeah, I really like the individual moment. And I like the idea of uh, Finn kind of coming to, into his own with his anger at the First Order saying, mm-hmm. you betrayed the First Order, too. And how quickly it just shows you kind of like what rot there is in the First Order that mm-hmm. those troops would immediately go like, yeah, we, that, that sounds like fast. Well, we'll turn on her. Right. That part of it is cool. But I, I really like the fact that uh, in the final cut, uh, Finn is literally ascending, as he says, rebel scum.
1: Exactly. You mm-hmm. know,
2: instead of being down on the ground. Yes. yeah yeah definitely there's some things in this scene that I I like some
3: concepts i, I was the same with you Jennifer I read it and I was like oh there she fights is she gonna fight the other stormtrooper and no, no. um and I didn't I, I for whatever reason I find in deleted scenes some of them are they are completed but sometimes they look like rehearsals still to me just not not in terms of the CGI but I mean the acting and and uh, boyega is a great actor Gwendolyn Chris is a great actor I just didn't like I didn't like when I held a gun to your head it was like this is uh, did nothing hit for me yeah nothing hit on paper it might have worked and so that's why I think he he cut it same thing with the, the Mega Star Destroyer incursion scene I liked the the extended version of them sneaking around
4: yeah mm. uh,
3: though we lose the, the hardware wars joke if we go this way I think um and I liked uh, Ralph, uh, what's his name, Ralph Ennis Ennison, uh, yes. uh, you know, from Game of Thrones, British office, uh, Finchie. Uh, I liked a little more seeing him just because I'm a fan of his work, yeah. including right. First Night with Richard Gere and Julia Armand. Um, but uh, the Hardy scene on paper, again, I, 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 read, I was like, oh, because it's in the book. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it plays better in the book where there's like, oh, that would make 100% sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, uh, it was played a little bit more, I don't know, it just didn't work for me.
2: Batch Crazy. 8, hi-ho, is great and yeah. hilarious, and I think that will enter my lexicon, and I'm I'm glad for it. <laughs> but yeah, again, it's also just, to me, it added more tension in the movie, thinking that maybe they'll get away with it. Yeah. In yeah. this, if, if you have that incursion scene in there, you know that they're already in trouble. They're already in trouble. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: Again. yeah. And that's yeah. why we
2: have these deleted scenes,
3: deleted for a reason. But I mm-hmm. love that there was a lot to choose from and a lot to see.
2: Yeah. yeah. All the great shots of the costumes and characters of Canto Byte; oh. those were great, really great to be able oh, to see yeah. some of those close up and all that, too.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to really spend some time. I think we're all in agreement that, you know, Canto Bight, we, we even in the novel, you don't spend a lot of time in it, and it's yeah. a wonderful world to, I think, still explore. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've got the other bonus features, but I think those kind of come out of the documentary. So I, I know this is going to be a bit of a, a mega-sized a Super superstar story version today, but I really want to dive into the director and the Jedi.
2: Absolutely.
3: I was enthralled with this. I think everyone who's watched it is enthralled with this. There's some weird takeaways from this that we're going to talk about. Uh, but I was also surprised at, for a Lucasfilm Disney approved, it, it was, Pretty candid and, and showed a lot of things that went into making this movie good and bad.
2: Yeah, I yeah. was thrilled to be uh, wrong with some of our predictions that in this era of the sequel trilogy that we were going to have to wait years and years and years before we got anything mm-hmm. that even lightly addressed uh, mm-hmm. conflict, stress. Humanity of making film, (laughs) like we've we've talked before about, like why didn't the Force Awakens discuss at all that Harrison Ford's leg was broken on set? Yeah, that's some drama. That's some truth. Uh, And maybe maybe it was legal reasons or whatever. But I was so delighted to see something that was Mm. so honest and so soulful. I mean, they had access. They had access from almost the beginning. Yeah,
3: and I loved uh, I loved seeing the rap party. Oh yeah, Uh, I loved seeing uh, Alicia Malone showing up there in the beginning there, and some of the other uh, stuff that led into. The making of this movie, Jennifer, it, it also makes me happy with my decision to not continue to go on to be a director and not continue to film school because I could not deal right. with all this.
1: Oh the stress. Yeah. We're, I loved that. Yeah. It was very honest and very open, which I think we've talked about before in the past. We were like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna show that. They are this big corporation now. Yeah. They don't want to share their secrets. It was interesting how at times people would forget that they were recording. Oh, oh, wait, this is going to be on camera? Okay, I won't say that with Anthony Daniels where he's like, I won't, I won't say that. You that know. that but you man might.
2: was going to say a dirty joke or make <laughs> a suggestion saying. that was controversial. Yeah, because they... The, right? the, the, are you mic'd up? Yeah. That was one of my favorite moments. <laughs> dirty old C-3PO. Oh my are goodness. you mic'd up?
1: And like, even like we talked about uh, before we were on air, mm. Ken, you mentioned Kathleen Kennedy poking her head right. in. It's like, I have the posters... Oh, hello. <laughs> like yeah. there you're filming this. Yeah. Or what what not. Um, or when he gets, you know, George Lucas is on the phone for you and yeah. seeing Ryan Johnson's like honest real reaction of just like <laughs> yeah. he reverted back to being that Kid, it looked like. Yeah. You know, like recognizing his his place in this now Star Wars story. His
2: place in the story. Yeah.
1: Oh, amazing. I mean, I, yeah.
2: And I, I think one of the big things that works about this that people are responding to is obviously so there are some of the really emotional moments that we'll talk about. Yeah. But this is just a well structured documentary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it starts with that rap party letting you know that don't worry
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> th- this is going to be okay. But then it does keep raising the stakes that the great uh, there's so many scenes where people are challenged by what mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson's vision is mm-hmm. and are mm-hmm. kind of trying to figure him out as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the long scene of exhaustion yeah. and fear. Yes. And it does a great little job of, of actually setting up a drama, setting up a story mm-hmm. of can they make it to the rap party that you already saw? Mm. right And I think just the construction of it, this isn't just a bunch of behind the scenes stuff that's cool yeah it is a story unto itself because the documentary was shaped that way, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely,
3: absolutely and and, and I kind of want to start with with Ryan when we dive in deep here and and some of the takeaways and and you guys can help me from going too grumpy on the front porch, get off my lawn type I, Ryan Johnson absolutely put his heart and soul to this. He is a Star Wars fan. He referenced Star tours, which I was there in nineteen eighty seven when it opened like me you know too. you know, like uh, this guy. I really think put his heart into it. But I, I, I was surprised some of the takeaways in what you said, Joseph, where he did challenge people. Yeah. Absolutely challenged people. A lot of people said, well, I don't know if the, the uh, Michael Kaplan, the the, the, the costume designer in Canto bite yes. is a great example. Um, uh, some of the other stuff was just more challenged in terms of budgets and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Challenging and, and challenging people to take things in a new direction sounds very familiar to a guy I know named George Lucas. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Ryan is George, but I'm saying that's not a bad thing. And I've seen some hot takes that this documentary proves some great conspiracy theory.
2: What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it shows that what we already knew that Mark Hamill wasn't sure and that yeah. a lot of people weren't sure. And I think the little interview with Carrie Fisher to me says it best Of yeah. Ryan Johnson is not, uh, he doesn't uh, feel like a, a very uh, dominating presence in his affect. Right. Because he is a kind of soft spoken, thoughtful guy. But he's really clearly dominant in his view of like yeah. I made my vision, and yeah. this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to please do my vision, which is exactly the job of a director.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And and he from the attention to detail, Jennifer with with Yoda and the and the finger, oh. you know, how about we try this to challenging Mike, to Michael Kaplan mm-hmm. saying, oh, you're gonna put a, a a female in a gown, please cast a tall. Uh, person and Ryan goes no. Yeah, no. Now we're looking at short people because I wanted to to feel have that feel to it. That that's a point there's a point to that casting yeah. and, and you're going to do this.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I love that it also showed was that yes, he has this confidence of his vision, but there's also that anxiety and that fear where mm-hmm. it's like, he's like, I don't know if this is the, if I'm doing the right thing. And then his producer is like, my job as a producer is like to help him and reassure him at times where yes. he is feeling that anxiety and like, Oh gosh, is this, am I going to be able to make this work? I
2: love that. Hey, uh, I want a Ron Bergman. Me my too. Li- everybody's life would be better if they yes. had a Ron Bergman oh. and yes. Ryan Johnson and is always really like the uh, the press release about the new trilogy was we, mm-hmm. Ron and I are going to make three more Star Wars movies because right. we can't do this without him. Um, but I also, I love that Ron Bergman said, I'm there to support him, to encourage him when I feel mm-hmm. he's on the right track, but if he feels he's made a mistake and needs to revisit something, tell him that we can do that.
4: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs>
2: that was so good. Because it isn't about my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. It's about a vision. And I think mm-hmm. that's such an important distinction uh, and, and I've always tried to learn that as an artist and from other artists I work with is that sometimes you run into people who want to be right mm-hmm. because we all as humans want to be right. Yep. That's so different than I really want this movie to be good and I want it to be this thing and this is my vision of how it's going to be good
4: mm-hmm. and
2: I want to stay true to that because people can't see it yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until they help me realize it and I think this documentary is great about showing that Ryan Johnson is not like walking in and going like you know what? Uh, I, I don't like chips unless they're pickled flavored. So right. everybody on this set is going to eat pickled You know, right? There's nothing yeah. petty. There's nothing uh, controlling about it from a personal perspective. He's not confusing his own ego with the vision of the film. Mm, right? Yeah.
3: And 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 this notion that the people were fighting against them. I, I've had, I've 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 had some tweets that have. Confused me yeah. about what, what people were watching. Where you know this proves that uh, only Kathleen Kennedy liked him, and I, said, I don't know what you want. What this, you don't have a you know a guy bouncing in a bounce castle on his <laughs> birthday and having fun, and he you know uh, without a, a cast behind him, a crew behind him, all working and and, and letting themselves be challenged. That's 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 what's interesting. Is even it's I think it's always f- forgotten. Is Mark Hamill in this documentary once again says. I fundamentally disagreed with everything. And then I had to release myself from that and I had to trust him. And everyone seems to have done that. Yeah. Oh everyone seems to have done that.
1: That was what I was going to remark on was his relationship with obviously the, uh, all, mm-hmm. all the crew, but also the cast and his mm-hmm. actors and how they respected him, how he gave him so much. And, uh, you can tell like he has this great relationship where they're, you know, they're hugging him or they're like, you know, confidently, like quietly talking to them. Like this is, mm-hmm. it was a special connection that he had. Not, I mean, yeah, maybe he was challenging them, but they trusted him, and everyone kept saying that over and over again that mm-hmm. they trust his vision. Mark Hamill himself said that. Mark
3: Hamill, so you know? Th- that that is a, a leadership. Yeah, you know that is that is a form, an important aspect and form of leadership of, of challenging your 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 employees. The the pressure's all on him, as we've seen, and Rom Bergman and everyone, but you know they're driving it, and and making a decision, and even if you think the decision. Uh, you know, is, is going to, is risky. You got to believe in it and we're going to make it together as a team. And that's a leader versus a boss. You also have to be a good boss. It's a different skill set too. And he has that and Ron Bergman has that, yeah. you know? So I was fascinated to watch that every aspect of this movie. They were doing things, including, you know, well, it could be CGI. No, we want to get the sunlight on this phallus Yeah, No, we want to get Mark Hamill uh, and I had heard it was practical before, but to see him blowing apart the hut when Carlo yeah. and Ray touched, oh because we need this. We need this. It wasn't just about, cut, you know, you're always going to cut here, cut there, but it was like this, this movie needs this look and feel. Every aspect yeah. is a challenge.
2: And I, I thought a lot of that was unlocked by hearing from Kathleen Kennedy herself saying, I was thinking about what is this DNA of, of that first Star mm-hmm. Wars movie that everybody related to is like, well, right. it was personal. It meant a lot to George. Right. So, you know, we've had so many discussions about like, well, how do you be an auteur and bring your own self and your own vision to Star Wars Mm -hmm. and keep it Star Wars? And I like that. That's what I liked about this documentary is he, Ryan Johnson was also like going to people like Michael Kaplan, the costume designer going, I know, you know, Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my personal vision is I want to tell this kind of story where we see the rich people and we see the effect of them on the galaxy. Right. So Michael, you know exactly what Star Wars looks like because. That's what you do. Yeah. So give me the Star Wars version of this. Yep. So it was like it, n- nothing in the movie uh, breaks Star Wars to me. Mm-hmm. What it looks like, what it sounds like, what it's about, but it adds that personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to hear that that was coming from Kathleen Kennedy. That yeah. that's why she trusted Ryan Johnson because he always puts himself himself in the movies. Yeah, I, I,
3: I've heard Ryan speak before, where s- someone and an audience asked him, hey, Ryan, is there something, are there things in this movie that's from your own life? And he said, absolutely. I will not tell you what they are <laughs> because I don't want it to affect yours. But And, and he mentioned it in this doc. But there was a point early on where he's like, there's things in there. If they're in the rows when they're screen testing Kelly Marie Tran. Talks Trent. about
2: mm-hmm. being a nerd oh, and yes. clearly yes. that's his relationship right. to being in love with that character because... Right. She's him.
3: Him. Right. And, and also this, uh, you know, you have to, that's right around the time. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course, where he's talking about the personal part of the story. And that is where I push back against if this had been, we got to have a cool this, we got to have a cool that, because that's what Star Wars is. That's already in there in some aspect, but what's behind it? The way, uh, we can start talking some of the revelations about this documentary. The way they talked about constructing even the space battles that they, he constructs and his team constructs the space battles as if the even the ships were characters. And every moment, you always hear in, in, in writing, uh, every action, even in a fight, should be an extension of that character or where that character's going. You know, it, it seems like down to the frame it was decided. Yeah,
2: he remained very, very true to the characters, obviously. Yeah. You know, we already knew this, but reiterating, the, I start with... Uh, what, yeah, what's yeah. going to challenge Bo? Well, this is right. what it naturally leads to. I do want to just do a, a, a quick and shameless plug for the next episode of Obsessed that's coming out. Do because it. Because it is all, uh, I had a, a guest that I asked, what do you want to talk about? She's like, I want to talk about the films of Ryan Johnson. Oh. So I rewatched his first three movies. Okay. And it's been fascinating to see, like, okay, well, what, what are the themes from his original three movies before Star Wars that clearly resonate with him? Yeah. And it's really interesting to see what pops up and, like, has rhythm, or as George Lucas would say, rhymes with The Last Jedi. <laughs> He's clearly very interested in the difference between story and fantasy. He's clearly very interested in what are the options uh, when you take violence out of the mix. What are mm-hmm. other ways to go? So I, a, lot of, a lot of great things that made me enjoy The Director and the Jedi even more, because I'd just been thinking about... In, in the frame? Yeah. I like that Ryan Johnson isn't like, yeah, I want to do a Q&A, and uh, here's everything that's happened in my life. When yeah. I was 13, blah, blah, blah happened so... That happened to so-and-so. Like, I like that he's not out there with it. Right. But there's a lot to dig into in in his movies and how it relates to what he put in The Last Jedi.
3: Mm. Right, right.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, Jennifer, big takeaways from this.
1: One thing that I loved was how he recognized what a giant dreadnought, in some sense, <laughs> this, this movie was. I yeah. mean, you look at, like, their production schedule and how many creatures they had and the costumes and the extras. And it is truly overwhelming but then he's he and he recognized that how scary that was and then in one scene he was talking about but then you get on set Mm -hmm. and you're just there you're talking with the actors and you're just doing your thing yeah and you're just trying to tell the story and that i think is what for me made the last jedi so successful is that at the heart of it yeah you have all these explosions and exciting things and crazy creatures but there is this, the characters, mm-hmm. the, these stories, these uh, these relationships that we love, and that for me really resonated. Mm-hmm. Um, just overall, I the, and I tweeted this: the level of care that went into every single department, from the props to the creatures to to everyone. You could tell everyone was putting a hundred percent, and that's why when someone you know says, eh, "It sucks." Okay, I understand if you don't like it. Yeah. But, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to respect what these creators. Made and if it doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. But just to say, eh, it sucks. Eh, it's just a cash grab. Eh, you know they should fire Kathleen Kennedy, they should fire Ryan Johnson. It's like, oh my god, just watch this documentary, please.
4: <laughs> I,
3: I it's it's off topic. I don't want to. I I got into like another little argument, I, and I've gotten to the point where like, if you don't connect with this movie, that's great. That's fine. I, I don't connect with every movie that I, I like. I've I've tried to move. It's it's how it's the path to being a prequelist where you just yeah. have to go like, hey, I love this. You don't. That we're still going to live in the world. So, someone caught me off guard this weekend. They're like, well, I just didn't. He, Ryan Johnson just disregarded everything from Phantom Menace. I was like, <laughs> brain just <laughs> collapsed. And like, he just didn't give you the answers you wanted and yeah. walk away from the conversation. So, um uh Joseph some other there's a lot to take. There's little moments, fun moments, so, sad moments. Yeah,
2: yeah. The, one of the fun moments that I thought was really interesting was that scene where uh Ron Bergman and Ryan Johnson uh were signing the final budget.
4: Mm. <laughs> yeah. oh god. Yeah. There yeah. was
2: so That's much scary. The, the, yeah, that they were both kind of scared of it cuz yeah. like, yeah, it's just it's a huge movie but it's still a movie and it's all this responsibility and so much more than what they've done before. I was amused that their final budget sheet was green in a movie mm-hmm. that has a lot of green screens. Like, yes.
3: so can you take that out? And that's what ignite the green was. It was yeah. Ignite, ignite the, the green, budget. ignite
2: the green budget. And then just one of those great things to have included in a, in a documentary, Ron Bergman says like, yeah, let's sign this huge budget. Cause then we'll go back to reality.
3: Yeah.
4: Of yeah. what
2: normally, uh, their, their level of movie would cost. And like Looper was not a tiny movie, but it's not a star Wars movie. Right. Rick <laughs> exactly. is a tiny movie. Is their first movie is a tiny, tiny, movie. tiny. So tiny. that's, that's was an interesting insight is, is it that partially that playing in that sandbox where there are so many different ways to get your vision realized, is that a part of the temptation for them to go like, yeah, we want to keep working with Lucasfilm rather than going back to a tiny budget. Uh, Like hmm. I'm sure there are creative reasons too. Uh, I have no doubt about that. Absolutely. Just like, wow. if, if you have so many more resources to make your vision come true, that's hard to walk away from. And I I love there's that moment. I think there's when they're shooting the, uh,
3: uh, the, the Unity tree uh, getting burned where that massive set, because oh they couldn't gosh. do it really on location. And Rom's like, yeah, next time we're, uh, we're going to shoot a little longer on this set. If we have <laughs> yeah. more than
2: two days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We build this. We're yeah, shooting yeah. on it. Love yeah. That. Love that.
3: Yeah. Other highlights, Jennifer?
1: Oh yeah. That, that was great. There were moments like that where it's like, they're, they're, recognizing the fact that, like, oh, my gosh, we have this huge film and we have all this money, but at the end, of, we're, we're just, like, indie filmmakers, yeah. which reminded me of George Lucas. Of George, yeah. Yeah, that's how we always saw him. Well, yeah, if you, an go, indie if, if you
3: go back to uh, the documentary at the beginning, Phantom Menace, they're there mm-hmm. going over budgets with George. And yeah. George, this is all we got. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's your money, George, but it's all we
2: got. <laughs> Was right. it in this documentary or another documentary that I watched recently where somebody had the quote that uh, – you always have a box and the box might be bigger but everything still has to fit in the box. It it is this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like that's such a great way to say it and to see that like we were talking about with Mm -hmm. they don't call it a thal of siren because clearly whoever named that hadn't it was just the sea cow yeah. where they're having that production meeting like we really need to cut some corners. How are we going to do this? And then you just see the sea cow puppet on the helicopter so you know <laughs> yeah. somehow they made it happen oh, yeah. yeah i yeah. loved
1: that how he was always pushing for the practical he re- and mm-hmm. <laughs> to the dismay sometimes of of uh, neil scanlon who's like i don't know if we're gonna be a- well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's trying to make it happen with the budget that they yeah. had but he's like i don't know how I'm well, gonna do yeah, this. yeah and
2: sarah pointed this out about neil scanlon because we saw a couple of like mm-hmm. Ooh, boy, how are we gonna make this happen He saw a little like stress but then towards the end You have so many happy moments where, like, you see him with the the fall of siren puppet. He's like, (laughs) look at that. (laughs) Which gives this documentary that arc of, like, there was conflict and now there is resolution. Neil Scanlon is happy. Yes. Uh,
3: yeah, there's, uh, there's uh, but that goes back to what we we're talking about. Really, anytime someone says, "I don't know how we're going to make this happen," that that's a good thing in the creative process and in the and in the business. I can tell you from sitting in front of a lot of employees in meetings, going, "No, we're gonna we're gonna figure out how to do this." Yeah, and we're gonna get to that next level. I, I think they did. And and little tiny moments, seeing uh, Frank Oz and Mark Hamill oh, reconnect that was Gosh. amazing. amazing. Was wonderful thing. Just anything with Frank Oz was, it's just amazing. It's just to watch him work. It's
2: still, I'm still, like, believing the magic.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: But it was, yeah, it's amazing to actually see and, and, yeah, to just be able to be treated to that moment of Mark Hamill is quietly slipping in yeah. behind Frank Oz. Frank Oz. <laughs> yeah. It's just and having a moment. Insanity. Insanity. Right. Insanity.
3: Right. And and it's weird, too, that, um, I think, because it's, I don't think it shows up, they, they show part of the scene, it's either this or the bonus features, but it's cut and it was just released I think on Twitter or something where uh, Mark goes. It's his final day on the Falcon. Yeah, and he has a bit of a, an emotional reaction to it as well. So mm. I liked seeing this this journey that Hamill, which is why it's a docu- the, the director in the Jedi. He goes through this journey as well, saying potentially goodbye to to something that meant so much. At least in that this form, we'll see. Yeah, what the Force Ghost brings him.
2: How did you guys feel about that level of honesty? There, so like the 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 journey with with Mark Hamill mm-hmm. was not. Super explicit, yeah. uh, you know, because we've heard some of these sound bites before. But mm-hmm. there was that chunk where they listed all of his different, really understandable concerns and fears that mm-hmm. he really wanted to do that fight, but he also understood that he was of a certain age right. and was not n- maybe not ready to be the Obi Wan of the story, and yeah. maybe thought he would still kind of be the hero, and also was not sure about you know letting go of like literally of <laughs> letting go of Luke Skywalker and right uh, and all that. How did you feel about hearing those, that level of honesty?
1: I mean, to me, I feel like it's, it's how we've come to know uh, Mark Hamill. Is yeah. for being so candid and honest and I was I was actually surprised because it, I thought that it would have been resolved but this was like literally shot in the midst of it where he was still grappling with yeah. this himself so that was really, I don't want to say it was tough to watch but it was like oh guy, yeah, I and now I understand where he's coming from because at first I was like, well, no, I like Ryan Johnson's take and this makes a lot of sense to me uh, but I really I, then I was like, oh, I, I really do kind of want to see mark hamill's vision of luke skywalker and see i would have loved to see that play out in an alternate universe yeah
2: i don't know yeah i mean i feel like it made me appreciate mark hamill's performance even more because if he was still wrestling with it even not even disagreeing with it no just being like i'm having so much fun this is amazing he said a million times i don't think this would ever happen Mm -hmm. where i'd be back and i I so wish i was just doing the next one and so i'm wrestling even with that part of it which is different than like full-on conflict of just like but I'm wrestling with it. Mm -hmm. To see him give that level of performance Mm -hmm. when he was still wrestling with things makes it even more impressive than... It was already insanely impressive. Mm -hmm. And I thought, like, the thing... Well, there are two things that made me uh, actually cry. But one Mm -hmm. of them was the very subtle to me resolution of this through line with Mark Hamill mm. where Ryan Johnson goes and tells him the title. Yeah. That's, oh, that, that moment. And basically oh, right. yes. I, that feels like that's the moment yeah. where it became okay again. Cause right. it, it seemed to me and it's just a documentary, right. it, you know, in some ways Mark Hamill to me is a God. And in other ways sure. he's like, but you know, we know Nathan Hamill, his son, yeah. you know, I've interacted with Mr. Yeah. Hamill on Twitter. He feels a little bit more real to me. So yeah. sometimes it's weird yeah. to talk about um, seeing this other person's very, private journey yeah. uh, on movies anywhere. Uh, but it, it felt to me like this natural desire to just be like I still want to be truly a part of this.
4: Mm, and just yeah. Ryan
2: Johnson going to him privately and saying the, the title is The Last Jedi. Uh, that's, that's you. Yeah. You, yeah. you are this movie. You still matter. Luke Skywalker still matters. Yeah. You carried that torch and it was worth it because here we are. A new Star Wars movie in 2017 and it's you are the title. You're yeah. you are the Jedi. Well, I'm
1: gonna cry. And to just
2: see see how much that meant to Mark Hamill. To me, that's like the so moving and the brilliance of this documentary of like without like showing a scene where like a fourth scene where like, and here's Ryan Johnson and Mark Hamill shaking hands. Yeah. And Mark Hamill saying, turns out you were right. It's yeah. just done in this Subtle, beautiful, emotional way.
3: A, mm. a lot of actors go through this on, on bigger shows when you find out you're going to die, and it's not because you're in a contract negotiation. It's just this is where the story went, and yeah. a lot of them have that kind of issue. Some some do want to get off. Some you know, um, but you know, they a lot of times don't know. Andy Circus doesn't really know. He shows up to set. Yeah. Oh, no, you know, like, by the way, we kill you. I what? Know. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh okay. He seems pretty chill with it. it. You yeah, because yeah, yeah, it, it serves the story, and I think I think. You see that you see how invested it is the love the shot of uh, this documentary crew got access maybe that, that that's some access uh, where they they shoot the flashback scene and and Mark oh, yeah. Mark is on his hands and knees still emotionally affected wouldn't oh, get up yeah. wouldn't move you know to see him in that moment uh, he he was in it to win it yeah and I I that took that's one of the things I took from this documentary but him and Carrie. Mm. They weren't just going through the motions, oh, no. uh, collecting a paycheck to come do this old character. These are characters they are caretakers of, which is why Mark would feel so protective. But like he has to remind himself, yeah, that it is not my character.
2: Yeah. And I think for people who see the documentary, maybe didn't like The Last Jedi mm-hmm. and, and maybe did want to see that Luke of the EU, who is still a little bit more of a warrior. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I think it does get lost in the conversation that Mark Hamill has said in public plenty of times. Now that I've seen it, now that I've seen the fan reaction, I yeah. get it. If I had just been, yay! Turn on my lightsaber, run and go, mm-hmm. then we've seen that before. Yeah, right. we've seen that relationship with, yeah, sure. Oh, oh, you want to be trained? Cool, I'll train you. Yeah, he's said that, so obviously he is having a pretty great time. You know, yeah. Walk of Fame, he's getting awards right and left, yeah. uh, running parades in, uh, in, in uh, yeah, in Dublin. <laughs> you know, uh, so I do think there is truly a happy ending. Yeah, to him embracing I re- Ryan Johnson's vision. I really mm-hmm. think it was. I really yeah. think it was. All right, are we ready emotionally to talk about Carrie Fisher? Yeah, right. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Jennifer, I can stop the recording, and get a drink uh, <laughs> for you there. Yeah, uh, look, I'll start. I, I, I mean, for, you know what the saddest? You know what the saddest moment, one that got to me the most, right. was when they cut to her off camera to do the interview, the one on one about Ryan Johnson. And how funny she is and how just like, oh, he's horrible and everything. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Because that was what Carrie had been going, leading up to Force Awakens, all those press interviews. And, and that just made me miss that she is not around. Yeah. <laughs> the onset stuff, spectacular. We're going to talk about it. But that little moment, you know, where you could just, just I, I, we, I miss her voice in these times as a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Mm. I wonder how she would have reacted to The Last Jedi
2: Backlash.
4: Oh, oh my, my
2: God. She Those tweets would have been fire, <laughs> as the kids say. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she would have been having it, you know, because mm-hmm. I think she saw that he had he had a, a soulful take. Yeah. You might disagree with the take, but he had a character-based soulful take. And I think she is a writer and as She's a soulful human being yeah. clearly appreciated that, and she says as much in that interview. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I think the most emotional thing was the scene of Luke and Leia mm-hmm. shooting mm-hmm. their scene. Mm-hmm. Um with so much else in the in the documentary that was about the nuts and bolts of like, can yeah. we get the sea cow puppet to the island? Yeah, Everybody else is m- making a movie. Their hearts and souls are in it. And then Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill are these two very unique human beings who have lived with the full weight of mm-hmm. the phenomenon of Star Wars in like owning and caring for these characters. And then they have one scene to sort of process all of that as human beings and still do their jobs as actors mm. and you know I'm pretty sure that was a different take because it's even more emotional than what's in the yep. b- yes. movie like just tears yeah. and just just the power of the I just felt like I was seeing the weight of these two humans entire lives yeah. in this one scene from the space movie yeah
3: yeah yeah. It, going going back to The Force Awakens there's there's some of that stuff um, you know we didn't get as much behind the scenes but you saw some of it and J.J. seemed to take get very good care of her as well yeah. and everything and she was loved on the set but um, I remember even from her, her herself where you had heard these stories of she wasn't confident she could be an actor right. an actor again yeah. and, and 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 eventually writing became what was her more yeah. focus she's great in When Harry Met Sally one of my favorite movies all that kind of stuff but um you know, Force Awakens. It was uh, you could. F- she was maybe getting her reps in again. You know, and she did. And she even says in this one, "I loved in this one. This is more Princess Leia, General Leia. It's more. It's more that spirit. Yeah, she's got a blaster. fight and She was a little inactive in the Force Awakens, which I think is 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 a justifiable justifiable critique from Carrie herself um, about Force Awakens. But uh, so in that moment in particular, I I, I to see her in it. And probably what you're saying, a lot of stuff going through her mind, to see her crying, to see her not just again, not just, all right, I'll come back and play this character again. She, she was there, yeah. as, as she was in 1975 and 76 making this. That, that was one of my favorite yeah. moments. Yeah. How, how did it affect you, Jeff?
1: Yeah, I loved I loved that moment. It, it really affected me because sometimes with when you're doing film acting as opposed to theater, you mm-hmm. know, they use a lot of fancy cuts and they do, you know, you have the music swelling and mm-hmm. so sometimes the performance that you see on screen is not what you would actually see in person. Sometimes you're looking at a performance in person and you don't see a lot there, right? Mm-hmm. And they cut it and they do the music and it's what so seeing that scene, the way that they shot it, it was like, oh, this, Carrie brought it mm, as yes. an actor. She was so present. She had all those motions of her character. And to me, it was, it was a truly a testament to her as an actor mm-hmm. yeah. and that was so exciting for me to see that she she still had it she still had that passion of wanting to bring this amazing performance to that role and of course mark hamill as well it was it was too emotional which i can see why they mm-hmm. didn't use that i don't think yeah. so i don't think so, don't think was, so no because
2: yeah. i think there's they were both
1: but you could then then we see ryan johnson then like taking that in of mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. performance and it was just like oh my gosh yeah um but yeah, that to me was a very special, a special moment.
2: Yeah, I think just that the fact that they, you know, so many cast and crew were packed in there, right? And yeah. there was a shot like this with uh, of Ray too uh, in the uh, Daisy Ridley in the moment where where Kylo is reaching out to her and, and mm-hmm. she's realizing that her parents are no one.
4: Oh yeah, that
2: has that uh, reverence moment. Uh, I've done more comedy uh, acting, mm-hmm. but I, I've done some drama acting and been around that drama world where a person has to go to a place that's like. You can't just go cut. All right, lunch. No, We're like that yeah. person is in mm-hmm. a, a, a place of such emotional depth that everyone around them to be decent humans has to respect that. So to see those moments mm-hmm. in a in a Star Wars movie, you know, just reminds you of how much people give of themselves
4: mm-hmm. to yeah.
2: make these movies happen. And in Last Jedi in particular, how real and raw those emotions are,
3: and and which makes me focus a little bit on on Adam Driver. Oh. Yes. They really, you know, he's not, he doesn't, I wouldn't say he's in this a lot. He, he, Kylo is, but, you know, you don't get a lot of Adam. And that's, I think he's very protective of who he is. And I, I really respect that of him. You know, he's, he's, he, he go out, goes out and does his promotion and is like, I wish there wasn't even trailers of this movie. I wish he just dropped this. <laughs> but for them to come at Rom and Ryan being them in the situation of like, wow, he is, uh, he is really intense. <laughs> yeah. He is there, and is, and there was a great moment where he's in the cockpit of the of the tie silencer, and he's smiling and laughing. Yeah, and it reminded me that yeah, he brings it, but he he loves this as well, mm-hmm. and it just it just really highlights to me why I love the character of Kylo, and I'm so excited to see where this character goes now without Snoke in front of him and an unchanged, unchained, unhinged Kylo, because Adam Driver just he brings so much to every choice. Yeah. He makes choices. As, as, I'm not an actor. I, I failed miserably at it and went, in, went into podcasting. Uh, I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm an improv guy. And I know you've done a lot of that, too, Jennifer, as you have, Joseph. But uh, like you just said, the dramatic stuff. like Actors have to, you have to be careful with your choices. And what is your character going to make? And don't make the obvious choice. And uh, go beyond the first layer into the second layer. And some of the Daisy's getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boyega's great. Kelly Remy Tran's getting there. Adam Driver is there. Oh, man. He's and the things he's intense. doing in these movies... Is next level for me As a, as a, as a fan of, of just him now and, and Kylo
2: Yeah that was a really fun detail from The, the audio commentary which we'll talk about A little bit more mm. of how much Adam Driver Wanted to know exactly What Kylo was thinking for the Killing Snoke scene mm. and exactly When he decided what mm. And that mm. that was really insightful to be like Okay well th- that's th- where where is Adam Driver going like eh, I, I got it I read the script I know and where <laughs> is he like no I need to know I need to know
3: <laughs> Right. I need to know so much in this documentary, and, and we want to talk about some other stuff too. But uh, in, uh, I don't want to. I, I'm afraid to close up shop on this doc because I, I probably watch it a third time again soon. It's um, the beginning. The Phantom Menace one is easy to watch. It's shorter. It's to the point, and everything. You know, blah, blah, blah. But this one is, like you said, Joseph. It's almost a movie in its own right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it follows a story. I want to follow that story again. Yeah, but uh, other moments that you you'd be remiss if you didn't mention. Yeah. Jennifer
4: I
1: can't even. Uh, to me I just got so swept up in it and I and it reminded me why I've even gotten involved not just with Star Wars but with movie making and the the yeah. Hollywood machine. <laughs> That's to me I used to watch these kinds of documentaries when I was a kid and you know read cinematography magazine and like I just want to be on set. And it reignited my passion again to where I said, I just want to be on a Star Wars set. (laughs) Good (laughs) God, with all this Star Wars content, let me just get on a Star Wars set. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was just, it was wonderful to see how they make the magic.
4: Yeah. It's
1: Mm -hmm. not just behind closed doors. They opened up the doors to us so we could be little flies on the wall. Right. I appreciate that.
2: To see all the emotions, right? The joy and the challenge and the revelation when you discover something in the process. Mm. Mm -hmm. The only other thing I wrote down, because it it both amused me and I thought was kind of Powerful and exactly what you're talking about of that that being there that uh, that the crew had noticed that Ryan Johnson had the the light side noise and the dark side noise depending yes. on whether he liked something oh right that he'd have this silly yes. high pitched uh, <laughs> natural natural laugh if he was delighted by something yeah. and then I love that his disapproving noise was.
4: <laughs>
2: just like It shows so much about his personality yeah. Like exactly what Gary Fisher was saying he's like He's clear on his vision but He's he's not going to be the kind of like Why would you think a sea cow would look like that No, he's just yeah. going to be like eh, Maybe this direction And look, man,
3: I have uh, unfortunately in the last couple of years Worked with uh, quite a few of those uh, Troubled a-hole geniuses yeah. And it's not worth it I'd <laughs> rather be around someone like this who uh, is is aware of what his decision might do to you, but he's still going to get his decision, and he's still going to make his decision. He's going to have his vision. He's going to lead you through that fire. Yeah, and, and I love watching that. On on, a, on and, and uh, one, did you like him taking that swipe at Doctor Who?
2: Oh, oh well, <laughs> you know I I was gonna have an issue, but he somebody had already before I watched the documentary challenged him about it, and uh-huh. he clarified that that is not what he meant. <laughs> right? It was
1: two separate thoughts or two separate notes, as he said. Two separate notes.
2: Mm-hmm. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Great moments, and 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 uh, you know a lot of it uh, the the. The bon- other bonus features, is almost, like, almost seemed like deleted scenes from the documentary that they've turned into <laughs> some nice stuff. So I forget where some of the stuff, because I watched it all last night again. Ah. Uh, the highlight of uh, that, that father, that really practical, there-in-person father yeah. re- uh, in the stable, acting uh, opposite Kelly Marie Tran. Show me how much just went into a lot of that stuff, too. And how talented these uh, puppet men, uh, puppet oh, men are, man.
2: Man. Yeah, kind of frightening. Like, yeah. yeah. Are people I'm meeting real
3: or yeah. are they uh, being <laughs> puppeteered? Yeah, and I alive. love that Boyega right. and the Canto Bites <laughs> thing was like, is that one, is that one real? <laughs> I, can't, the face. I yeah. can't tell. I
4: can't
2: yeah.
3: Yeah. tell. I can't tell.
2: Yeah, the Countess is that the character. Countess. The yeah.
3: Countess. Countess. So, uh, and I love, uh, you know, we got to see Nieper's pan pick very yeah. clearly. Oh, you
2: know? a lot of yeah. juicy it's Nieper's nice. pan pick. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, a lot of a lot of those delightful weirdos. Ectomo, the one with the vape pen. Yes.
3: Yeah, a lot there. Including, Including the valet at the Canto Bide, uh, so uh, let's move on maybe to the bonus features. And yeah. I want you just to kind of talk about the audio, audio commentary. Uh, we don't spend a lot of time on these. Like I said, lots there. Uh, wh- I think the big takeaways that I didn't realize it till the uh, lighting the spark, creating the space battle is that the VF- VFX guy uh, Ben Morris is the one of the pilots of the of the bombers. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, he's the one that's uh, the the older white guy that's like fighters are coming. Oh, like yeah. they're oh, like, nice. hey, pop in the cockpit, <laughs> man. You're in charge of this. So a lot of stuff there. The highlight for me was the Andy Circus stuff. Though, where do you guys? Uh, what do you guys feel? Where do you take away from these bonus features, Joseph? Joseph?
2: Uh, I love the Andy Circus uh, to just because I love all the little choices that come through super clear on Snoke. So it was really great to see that that Andy Circus live one night only. We got <laughs> to see all of his mocap performance. That's hilarious. Yeah, and great. I, I think the most engaging was the balance of the force, and right. that I think is the most, um, Ryan Johnson's always clear, but um, that's the, the I, you could hear his passion just in the way he was speaking
4: yeah. of being mm-hmm. very
2: emphatic of, I wanted to, uh, you know, re, re, uh, discuss the force. Yeah. And to me, it is not a superpower. Right. It's yes. a deep spiritual thing. And I think, uh, that was the most interesting is how, how clearly he wanted it to be about I want it to be like it was described when I was a kid. It connects all living things. Yeah. And it's not... And yes, you can sometimes use it to move rocks, but it's not about moving rocks. Right. Right. I love that
3: takeaway, too. And I, I keep going back to to what he's saying of the Force isn't a superpower. It's not an X and an R1 button on your yeah. controller. <laughs> then that does happen. And I like that he played over the idea of like, yeah, I thought about him pulling down spaceships and walkers and all that kind of stuff, but that didn't seem... Like the the Jedi way, really? Yeah, or, it's not or what, what Luke would want to what do? Luke would do. Like it, it, it would have been. And I had gone back to that of like, what did I, what did I really want from Luke's death? If I knew it was coming, and I felt it was coming, either in eight or nine, it's on its way. Yeah. Do I want Luke Luke to go out chopped in half by Kylo Ren, or I, what, what was on screen? That was the answer I got, and that's the answer I eventually loved and to see to, to see Ryan kind of explain his views on the force a little bit more showed that he had a, to me Jennifer he had, a, he had a command on it.
1: He did and I love how he how he recognized like how he came up with the force projection at the end with Luke Skywalker and it was not wanting to come up with some superpower like mm-hmm. he, you guys are talking about it was right. trying to figure out a more unique way.
3: So he came up with the biggest superpower of them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah exactly. The
2: pacifism. <laughs>
1: right right. Yeah, but that was that was awesome. But yeah, mm-hmm. this for me the Andy Circus live was mm-hmm. oh, I mean because the the mocap dots look so weird enough I'm like just leave it the way it is you don't (laughs) need to cover him up as Snoke he was just so great in in person in the flesh
2: and then, yeah, that Snoke's hand is uh, practical. when <gasps> yeah, he grabs drawing. Sir. <laughs> it was like a yeah.
1: big puppet hand slowly rising up. I'm like, where is it? What? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh,
3: look, Andy Serkis by this point, he's a Hall of Famer. We get yeah. it. We know what he does. But it, it's like, it, it's easy to take it for granted. Mm-hmm. It's easy to look at what he did with Gollum and how far they've come, how far they've come from Ahmed Best and Jar Jar, by the way. Um, we've come to this point where to watch... How much? And I'm sure some of the audio, I don't know, might have been the final audio mixed over because it wasn't synced up at all on all the right. f- shots. But the base, that, you see mostly when Snoke dies, Andy Serkis's face is what Snoke's face... Like, that's how the technology, but also his performance, that's where we're
2: getting to. Yeah. And Amazing. that was really... That Skywalker, I assume, in the little yes. gesture with the lightsaber, is mm-hmm. so human, and that's because it's exactly what he did on set in his weird yeah. mocap jammies. And yeah, his
1: Posture, <laughs> I loved
2: yeah. it. And the choices oh. he was making to have that lean to
3: one side. And yeah. I liked what they said where they're like, hey, we, did, we, we felt we wanted to make it have more of a real presence than obviously we saw in the force awakens because we do see so so little and i think we're all you know snoke was underwhelming in force awakens for a lot of people myself included and to see where it is now and to see the choices but then also be like oh but at the same time we added some height to him we buffed out his shoulders a little bit we added peach fuzz like all yeah. these things <laughs> it's it never ceases to just amaze me what they do yeah like, it never ceases yeah so the audio commentary, because I haven't signed up for this complicated process, I haven't had a chance to take it in yet, yeah. but I, we should talk about it because a lot of people have, Joseph, and, and you had the pleasure of listening to it so I far.
2: I did. It's fascinating because it, it is before the film is released, and a couple times he, he remarks on that of like, here's what I think. It'll be interesting to see what people think of this. Um, he talks specifically about Snoke that the, Michael Kaplan just came to him with like, here's a bold one for his design. He could have this gold robe. Yeah. And and really? ryan johnson's like yeah let's go for it let's go bold but that's when he's like makes sense to me we'll see yeah uh, people because like it, it could have just been the dark robes like everybody would expect but i just thought I just thought that's who this character is he's kind of he uses theatricality because he's a little physically weak so he's oh, using yeah. all of this to intimidate people and why not a gold robe
3: but he's got a red curtain
2: he's got a red curtain he's got, curtain. He's got those guards there all yeah. the time um but uh, interesting that go, it kind of has some repetition with that Balance of the Force uh, documentary, mm-hmm. but he says really clearly in the commentary how he sees uh, Luke uh, recusing himself from the galaxy as a, a thing that is hard for Luke to do, because how much he didn't want Luke to be mm-hmm. running away, but that Luke had learned his lesson from Empire, mm-hmm. where he ran away to help people and right. feel like, I just exacerbated the fight I just made, yeah. more violence, uh, so that he's really seeing it as maybe Luke is even really tempted, and that's part of why he's so mm. frustrated with, with Ray dangling this. He's like, yes, that's my instinct. I want to go out and save yeah. everybody, but I truly have studied and believe that mm. I'm going to make things worse, and it would be selfish. It would be for me. right? So that's an interesting starting place for his, his journey. Mm-hmm. In uh, right? like a lot to sink uh, sink your teeth into, mm. and then just a couple like kind of uh, fun picky things that I picked out. Uh, so Holdo, mm. they did some reshoots. She was he. This is his exact words. He's like she was a little bit more hippy dippy. Ah, oh. interesting. Exactly. So we've all read Princess of Alderaan, where she is a little bit more Luna good in yeah. Star Wars, right? And she's more grounded. And you can just say like, oh well, she grew up a little bit. He just said it was just a little too far. It, it just didn't feel much. like tonally huh. right for Star yeah. Wars. So yeah. Like, that was a really cool insight. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I'm
3: sure people on the internet will be like, they're just covering it up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, in that same vein, uh, he had drafts where Maz was on the cruiser. No, oh. uh, Interesting. he's like, yeah, it's just too, I just, it worked better to give her lines yeah. to Holdo and Leia because it was getting repetitive. Yeah. Mm. And he seemed bummed that, like, I wish I could have worked with and Yango more. Right. And the rocket Hmm. was, like, a last-minute idea. Like, Hmm. why don't you blast it off in a rocket? That'd be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He said he considered an extended flashback of Luke and Ben's training. Wow. Before he just decided, like, well, for the focus of the story, it just has to be the moment that the... uh, the hmm. destruction of the temple and the in the Rashomon back and forth, but that he considered like let's see a little bit of their training, which would be interesting, tantalizing, yeah. Uh, to have heard about uh, hmm. one of the other ideas he mentioned that I don't think made it to script, but uh, that he was considering having a big weird crystal monster in the cave on Crate that uh, tried well. to eat the Falcon. And I was yeah. like, ah, you guys know how much I love big, weird monsters. <laughs> nah, like, man. yeah, a big crystal monster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, so again, illustrating that like, he's so into Star Wars, playing with all that. And then the last thing that I wanted to pick out yeah. is he, he pops up a lot of him talking about other people who who contributed ideas, that he had a much more convoluted line for DJ. Uh, Ken, I know it's one of your mm. favorite lines where he had a more convoluted line for Benicio del Toro. And mm. DJ's decided, like, what if I just said maybe instead? Hmm. Mm. Of this actually yep. convoluted line That's interesting uh, And then uh, oh. it was, This has been reported Other places But Daisy Ridley Was the one who was like I think Phasma Should just have a normal face I think that's scarier Than anything weird under there Right It's just, just her it's Gwendolyn Christie's right. Yeah Big, blue, clear Beautiful blue eye and <laughs> yeah. You wonder what that's about uh, It was uh, Domhnall Gleason's idea To do the blaster grab When Kylo is down oh, To start great. reaching for his blaster And then reach away As soon as Kylo wakes that's up That's great And then this one Was really juicy to me so Luke's line was originally much more uh, convoluted about It's time for the Jedi to end hmm. And the trailer people cut it down to It's time for the Jedi to end Really? And Ryan Johnson's was like Oh yeah, that's much better than the convoluted <laughs> line I have <laughs> Whoa. So we, we debate uh, all over the Star Wars community of wow. what is the creative interaction between <laughs> the, the true creators and the trailer makers. Well, here's one where the, the trailer makers did some editing. Yeah.
1: That's fascinating. I
2: wonder what the original line was. Let me
3: tell you. It's time. Maybe we form up again, different roles. <laughs> but uh, yeah. maybe
2: we should end. That's looking great. at my Gucci, it's about that time for the yeah. Jedi to end is what it originally was. Uh, well, oh, wow. Well, that's cool. fascinating stuff. Yeah. I'm still uh, looking forward to Ton of stuff in there. waiting yeah. for the
3: hard copy to sit down and
2: watch it. Yeah, and some of it is like, yeah, yeah, well, I saw that bonus feature. Oh, you said that in the documentary. So yeah. some of it is like, yeah, but, it, but it's fun. It's really good.
3: Uh, final question we have here, Joseph. This is uh, from your wonderful brain here, but we're, we're trying to wonder if, uh, if there was a documentary about our lives, what might it be called? Do you, oh, do you have yeah. some answers here? Uh, I have. I'll start to, to, to give you some time, Jennifer. My uh-huh. documentary would be called The Tacos and the Nap. <laughs> so it would mean a lot of things, a lot of things.
1: A Hero Rises.
3: Ooh. Oh, A wow. Jennifer Landa story. <laughs> That's really, really good. I it's like
2: that.
4: It's still in progress. So. A lot.
2: All right. <laughs> well, what if I told you a hero rose from porn costumes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, right now, I, I think it would be main title, colon, a Scrimshaw story. Ah. <laughs> and then you could wonder, what's the main title? Okay, it would be a, about discovery, about self-discovery. Self-discovery. Oh, like a long yeah. journey from the frozen tundra of Minnesota. Yeah. The last thing that I, I did want to just mention, yeah. we could talk about it later yeah. or, or not. I am fascinated that all of this has come out now. We got the extended novel. Mm-hmm. We got the bonus scenes. We got the documentaries. We still don't know what the third lesson was.
1: Oh, yeah, right.
2: When Luke said, <laughs> I have three, three lessons. lessons for you.
3: Yeah, that would. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because my thought was well, no, the caretakers, but Mm-mm. that's an impromptu lesson. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't really know.
2: Yeah. You're so right. I think just maybe we'll hang that out there for like a okay. whole main show. Cause I don't yeah. know if that's it. So there's, I'm surprised it didn't come out. Right. So maybe yes. there's something more okay. there. I like
3: that. I like that. I know we're, uh, we have a long show, but that's okay. You guys are, are here on the journey with us. We still do want to get to some audience questions. So
2: that's well. right. Uh, we got two from, uh, general social media and two from Patreon as always. So at cookbook 500 on Twitter says weird question for you with Avengers infinity war about to come out. Is there a star Wars character worthy to pick up Thor's hammer? Ken, who do you want to see?
3: I, I was thinking Grievous, because he might actually be able to do it, <laughs> supplemented by droid power. But I still think it it, it might be Anakin Skywalker.
2: Really? Yeah. It, just because he's the chosen
3: one? Chosen one type of mentality. Okay. If, if, if that's truly who he is, he'd have
2: that power. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Uh, how about you, Jennifer? I'm, I'm not sure Anakin is noble enough.
1: Right, I'm gonna say Yoda, just to prove the point that oh, size
2: yeah.
4: matters not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, I was gonna say Ray or Luke, because I think they are mm-hmm. the true purest of heart. I think Yoda's yes. made made some mistakes. Luke, Luke has too, <laughs> yes. but Ray, I think she's really pure right now. Or a pork, I think a pork. I would Could love a pork. Pork. A, pork would be done. Like. Thor's hammer. Yeah. Next up, Kyler Mark Allred on Facebook says, Hey, you all have been talking a lot about the new TV shows lately, so I was wondering if there was a reality Holonet show in the Star Wars universe, what would you want it to be, <laughs> be about and why? Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, why, yeah.
2: Okay. I, I would like... <laughs> why are you yeah, making why, it complicated with that? Why, yeah, why,
3: why? I don't know if I have that answer, Kyler, um, but it might be for me like Bounty Hunter House. Oh, oh nice. my gosh! Yeah, like Boba Fett, Embo, Aura Singh, and <laughs> Cad Bane all have to live in the house for thirty days. Oh, boy. The oh. whole
2: gang in there. All right, uh, I'm gonna go with a really frustrating show called Jedi Mythbusters, mm. where whatever myth they can <laughs> do it because they're <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's like, we've, we've always heard that Jedi can't run fast <laughs> And then you got like Coleman Drabore going, oh yeah, we can't watch <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bye, that's been an episode of Jedi Mythbusters yeah, I like Oh my that.
1: gosh, I would do a cooking show Chopped
2: Yeah, I uh, And I would
1: have Gourmanda, I'd have uh, mm. Jabba Chef Of course, uh, Dexter Jetster, yeah. a cooking droid And then it'd be hosted by C-3PO
2: <laughs> Perfect <laughs> And Any would kind. people lose... Arms as well in chalk.
1: Sure, yeah. yeah, make it raise the stakes.
2: <laughs> I like <laughs> nice. that. Uh, and then for our Patreon questions, we always take two from our patrons. Uh, I'm going to read both of them because mm-hmm. they're kind of the same, similar questions from okay. different perspectives. Mm. Like it, I Tristan Shields, our uh, master of databank brawl lore. Thank you, Tristan. Says, is episode nine going to be the final episode in the Skywalker saga forever? Despite liking the sequels, I don't think episode nine can wrap it up for a big finale. I really don't like how the first two sequels take place within five minutes of each other, and now episode nine is the last. I feel like I've barely seen the state of the galaxy. Mm. So that's uh, Tristan's perspective. Mm-hmm. And then Kirk Helsig says, okay, here's a wild idea. What if episode nine was the next day? Prequel trilogy equals several decades. Original trilogy equals several years. Sequel trilogy equals several days. Could this actually work? I'd love to hear your thoughts on how the entire saga could finish in a couple days. I know it seems that most people think it will be a-, a few years after The Last Jedi for Episode Nine, but what if? What if? So kind of reframing uh, all these great ideas, and there's so much here in these questions. We'll talk about it more, but... <laughs> What, what do you guys think about episode nine being a few days versus a few years after The Last Jedi? I mean, mm. these two
3: combined questions make me think of darkness rises and light to meet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, Kirk's idea is fun. Yeah. I, I, I f- would feel a little cheated if that was the case, but it's fun. Yeah. you would Because I still think you need the solution.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And the story, to me can't go on. Uh, I know what Tristan's question is fair, and I get what he's saying. Yeah. And we always say, hey, there's more to the state of the galaxy. Uh, though Ryan was saying he had to recut the open because he wanted to make sure the stakes were clear yeah. and the state, state of the galaxy was a little more clear, the state of what's going on. So I, I do, though, in the end, uh, to try to answer this, I, I think the nine is the end of the Skywalker saga this now and going forward, yeah. you might get something in the past, maybe. Anakin, okay. An Anakin or another Vader thing or something like
2: that. So you feel it's going to be several years later that it it yep. needs to be to make it feel a little bit more full. Wrap it on. And, on. Real, yep. and that that is truly going to be the end of the Skywalker saga yeah. for mm. now. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Jennifer?
1: I think that episode nine is going to take place a few years after. Because it's going to help with the Leia storyline. I think that they're going to do maybe flashbacks. So we'll see that. Uh, But I think just logistically, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to to flash forward uh, to a few years. Uh, This is very difficult for me because I was like, yes, the, the Skywalker saga should be over. This should be it. Mm -hmm. And then I started, I'm getting upset thinking about that because to me Skywalker is synonymous with Star Wars Mm -hmm. and we're going to have so many other things going on. I would feel sad not to have that. And and honestly, (laughs) thinking about this, I kind of want Nine to be like, and Ray is a Skywalker. The end. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll, <laughs> we'll explain it someday. Well, yeah, Twenty years from now, we'll
1: get back to it. And I kind of, I kind of would love that. Yeah. Is that weird? Yeah. Um, Your
2: parents were no one. Dave and Miriam Skywalker. Yeah. Dave and Miriam. I don't know where that came from. Uh, yeah, I think this is so great. I, I do want it to be a few years because I want to see like that the, that the Resistance, the Rebellion has grown up and that they've become kind of war-hardened mm-hmm. and see how Kylo and Hux's relationship has found any sort oh, of balances. Yeah. They have their boot on the neck of the entire galaxy and aren't going to be good at managing it because yeah. they're mm-hmm. not they're an not. efficient team. Uh, but all of that does raise the question of like when you look back at this as a nine-part story, how does that feel resolution and the thing i want is some presence or shadow of anakin yes cuz yeah the first six fair. movies are about anakin and I, you yeah. know we've talked about it i would love to see the force mm-hmm. ghost of anakin have an impact. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. I mean, yeah. he, he's definitely made
3: his appearances one way or another in these first ones, but it's just a little more of that shadow hanging over.
2: I yeah. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, uh, everybody for all those questions, Tristan and Kirk in particular, those are juicy questions and, and we'll revisit elements of those, but I wanted to jump on them cause they're so cool.
3: Absolutely. You have a question for us. There's a lot of different ways to reach out to us on Twitter. It's at force center pod on Facebook. It's force center podcast. We have merch available and I can tell you, we definitely have new designs on the way. I have so Seen them. I have seen them. And you want uh, our merchandise, you can go to T slash user slash force center. The website is fourcenter pod.potomatic.net. Podcasts available in a lot of spots like Potomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in, And of course, Joseph, we're always on Patreon.
2: That is right. You can visit us at patreon.com force center. And uh, if you become a patron now, I'm realizing we have so much content for you that you can access immediately. We've got the Phantom Menace audio commentary. And hours of our bonus show, Finish the Fan Fiction, to dig into. And, of course, a new one of those every month. We're very close to our next goal, which is new music by Tony Thaxton for Star Wars Counseling. So if you're interested, go check that out at patreon.com slash force center.
3: That's it for this week, but we are on our way out and have a lot of other things going on in our lives, Jennifer, that aren't just Star Wars related, unless they're Star Wars related. Yeah,
1: they're Star Wars related, (laughs) (laughs) like my Happy Feet Show, which a new episode will be coming out this Friday. I'll be talking about the commercial side of Star Wars and Mm. how much I love it. Um, And of course, you can find me on all the social media uh, sites, at Jennifer Landa, on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram.
2: Joseph. Yeah, you can follow me on all the social media, Twitter and Instagram in particular is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com for info on comedy shows, comedy albums in particular. I always plug my other podcast, Obsessed, but I really want to highlight this one because I think it'll be really interesting to uh, Star Wars fans, to Force Center listeners. It's coming out this Thursday and like I said, it is all about Ryan Johnson's other films and the discussion of, is The Last Jedi truly a Ryan Johnson film is what a, a big part of the discussion is. So So you can get links to that on my website at josephscrimshaw.com.
3: Outstanding. You can follow me at Ken That includes Twitch. And I have the Napsuck Files podcast feed as well. That's it for this week. And what a dive. We went in deep in the documentary. Hope you guys had a chance to watch it. And if you haven't, you should definitely check it out. So that is it. We'll see you next time here on the Force Center podcast feed.